control. And why doesn't it work? Hello and welcome to this episode of Heart Travels with Paukje. Welcome. Uh, I want to thank you again for listening and investing time in your own spiritual growth. Because, you know, we are in this massive transformational period uh, time uh, here on Schoolroom Earth. Humanity is in this huge transformational process. And you investing time in your own spiritual growth, in your own transformational process, is of course a very, very important factor for humanity to be able to make the transformation. So, you know, the fact that you want to listen to a podcast about letting go of control, it tells me that you are well on your way on your spiritual path and in your path of transformation. Because Why? You know, because the ego wants to be in control. And when the ego step by step loses its power, you start to understand that you are not in control. And actually, control is an old male thought. And we, you know, we all have male, a male part and a female part in all of us. It doesn't matter if you're you know, a male or a female, we all have a male and a female part. And this old male story is predominantly about control. I mean, just look at history. The old male try to be a dictator or try to control, you know, his subjects, <laughs> you know, or... You know what I mean. So, so you know, the need to know the future, which is also control, is an old male thought. And, of course, you know, there's also an old female story in our history, an old female paradigm, which is more about victim consciousness. But, you know, this time we're, we're talking about control. And, yes, you know, the old male and old female like to hang out together so you know and they want to set up camp in your thinking and your emotions and i know they try to do that you know every day again in my thinking and my emotions so you know be aware uh, and you know the male part of us is the thinking part and the female part is the emotional part and there's more distinctions and more to say about that. But, you know, that's what I want to say about it right now. Because yeah, maybe some other podcast. So, you know, why are we not in control? Why is control not working for us? To answer that question, we must look at the design of schoolroom earth, I think. Because it has been designed. Just like fear has been designed. Schoolroom Earth has been designed by Source uh, through the, the Archangels for an experiment. What it would be like to experience the opposite of love, which is fear. So we are all here 
on schoolroom earth learning lessons about love and fear. And our egos, who've also been designed, by the way, are able to believe in lies. They're able to believe in fear. But the thing is, the only real truth is love. But our egos have the capability to believe in lies, to believe in fear, to believe that there's a lack of anything, to believe that you can control the future, and to believe that if you don't control your future, things will go bad. <laughs> Which is a lie. <laughs> I mean, your ego has to, the ability to believe in all of that, which seems very real. The thing is, what you believe in is manifesting in your reality because your reality is like this magical mirror in which you see every belief that you have reflected back to you. All the energy that you're sending out, you're seeing, you're seeing it in this magic mirror called your reality. So then you think it is true. But it's not true. It's a lie being reflected to you. So, you know, thoughts like, I will not get what I want if I don't control the future. That's based in the fear of missing out, based in the fear of lack, based in the fear of being rejected, etc. Because you can also believe that things naturally work out for the best for you and for everybody. And when you start to have that belief, your reality shifts. So, you know... The thing is, we're here to learn, at, and that's also the design of Schoolroom Earth. We're here to learn how this co-creative process with our divine parts, you know, your higher self and the divine child that lives in your heart, how this co-creative co-create, this co process works together with our team of non-physical guides. How does this, this co-creation works? And, you know, we try to control our future because we're afraid of what will happen if we don't. You know, control is fear-based. And it's based on the belief that things naturally don't work out in your favor. I mean, Einstein said the most important decision that we make is whether we believe we live in a friendly or in a hostile universe. I mean, actually... You can believe in a friendly universe, but that's, to me, as I've experienced it up until now, is like the understatement of the century. Because it's not just a friendly universe. The universe or source is loving beyond our comprehension. We cannot even with these egos start to understand or start to experience the love that this universe has for us. Now, as I said, you know, your beliefs are a very important factor in the attraction of your reality. So if you believe in a hostile universe, 
that's what you will attract. If you believe in a friendly or loving universe, that's what you will attract. So make your choice. Plus, you know, if you believe in a friendly or loving universe, you don't need to control your future because then you believe stuff is going to work out for you in the best, loving, friendly way. Then you don't have to be afraid of what will happen when you let go of control. And believe me, I've been a control freak. Now, control is our attachment to a specific out- outcome or our attachment, or you know, better said, our ego's attachment to things having to happen in a certain way, in a certain order. I mean, have you ever had the experience of things turning out way better than you thought they could? I have. And an example of that is, you know, when I was ready to to buy the equipment for, to, you know, to make this podcast, uh, I actually waited for my higher self or my intuition to give me the nudge when it was t- the time to go out and buy the equipment. So, you know, one day I woke up and I remember I... When, because when I wake up, a lot of times I have the lyrics to or a song in my head uh, and my higher self is actually sending me messages to, through those lyrics. So on this day, I had the song in my head of the Rolling Stones. It's just a shot away. It's just a shot away. Hey, children. It's just a shot away. So, you know, forgive my singing because I'm not a real singer. I'm a drummer, of course. But, you know, in it was in my head all the time. And I think it was like halfway through the morning or like 11 or something in the morning that my that I got this nudge. I didn't even plan it ahead. You know, today's the day I'm going to buy this equipment. Just at 11 or 11.30 or something, I suddenly thought, hey, you know, it's a good idea to go right now. So, you know, I went on my way to the store, about 30 minutes on my bike, having this song in my head. It's just a shot away. It's just a shot away. And, you know, I know the Rolling Stones meant something drug-related, probably with it's just a shot away. But, you know, I make a a translation of lyrics in, you know, that are in my favor. So I was thinking, what what does my higher self want to say? You know, it's just a step away. Whatever you want, it's just one step away, one shot away. So, you know, I came there in the store and the salesman in the store, he took about an hour of his time to inform me about the choices that I could make regarding microphones and stands and whether, you know, I I should directly record on my laptop or put an interface in between and all those technical choices that I had to make because... You know, to tell you the truth, usually when I have to make those technical choices, I just, you know, I'm just not good at it. I just have such a resentment towards, you know, diving in all those technicalities. And it's just not my cup of tea. So now what happened was the salesman took an hour, 
like yeah an hour he had an hour of his time and you know after he had explained to me all this technical blah blah and I'd made my choice of what equipment I should buy and how I should record this podcast I thanked him for the time he had spent with me and I was like wow you know that you have an hour of your time to spend with me and he said he replied yeah you know I don't know what's going on but uh you know usually it's way more crowded in here but for some reason you know, the, the people are just not here right now. So I have the opportunity to take an hour and to explain all of that to you. And I had goosebumps because I knew what had happened. I'd waited for the nudge of my higher self. My higher self knew the crowdedness of the store. So my timing was perfect. Plus, you know, I now had all the information I needed to make the right choices for me regarding this equipment. And, of course, you know, then I bought it and I went back, you know, on my bike to my house with my equipment. Because, yes, you know, the story is not ended yet. And on my way, on my bike, I saw a poster of some art exhibit with, you know, from the singer of the Rolling Stones, Mick Jagger. You know, the song was still in my head. It was just a shot away. It's just a shot away. And then I came home and one of my sons was sitting at the kitchen table listening to Spotify to some playlist, you know, random playlist that he just, you know, turned on. And then the song that played from this playlist the moment I entered the house was It's Just a Shot Away. It's Just a Shot Away. (laughs) And this, you know, even way more important than the equipment, way more important than me just getting the It's Just a Shot Away, was my realization of my experience firsthand of how this process of creation works, how it works, because this to me was just the perfect experience to have to experience how divine timing works, how my higher self knows everything that I want and to help me to trust even more on these nudges to just let it go and to ask my higher self, just just tell me when the timing is right and then I'll go. So, you know, and to, to tell my higher self, listen, you know, this all this technical blah, blah, is just not for me. You just figure it out together with who, whomever is selling it to me to make the best choice. I'm out of here. This is not my cup of tea. You just figure it out. <laughs> And then they did, because now I have the perfect equipment for what I need to do. Because, you know, the truth is, everything is energy. You must have heard about it. But what does that mean? There is a quantum field. I mean, it's right now, it has been found and proven by science. So, you know, some of the scientific people are regarding this topic. They're up to speed because it's everywhere. Now, how, 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 do you, how do you get an idea of what the quantum field is? It's actually the energy 
in the space between all the atoms. So it's the energy in the space between the atoms of the trees. It's between the atoms of Earth itself. It's between the atoms of your body. It's between the atoms of all the trees and all the leaves of grass and uh, of the atoms of the body of my dog, Chaya. It's everywhere. And in that subatomic space is the energy field that, for instance, Joe Dispenza refers to as the quantum field. This is the energy field that he says, and I mean, it just... I just found it to be true because it feels really good to think about it like that. This is the energy field, the quantum field, the space between, the, you know, this subatomic space with all this energy happening in it is the energy field where all possibilities exist. Now, trying to control the quantum field is like trying to control the ocean. <laughs> you can't do that. <laughs> it's just not doable. We're just too small to do it like that. Now, I have another example to make things more practical and understandable for you. And it, it I mean, this example made me understand it even in a deeper way. This sun... Robin, you know, who who was listening to Spotify, to this, it's just a shot away. <laughs> He's a surfer. And when I talk to him about surfing, he's talking about not being in control of the waves, because obviously you can't be in control of that. He talks about moving with the waves, using the power of the wave for his own movement not trying to control them. And, you know, although whenever I even utter the word spirituality to him, he just, you know, t looks away in total disgust. <laughs> he is in a spiritual practice in that moment. Because in that moment, he is understanding how things work. Because this, this surfing metaphor is just a metaphor for how life works best. Go with the waves. Don't try to control them. Because there's factors in the attraction of your reality that is not you. There's factors of power. Factors that have energetic power in the manifestation of your reality like your soul or your higher self your higher self also has a point of attraction this divine inner child or your wounded inner child also have a point of attraction that is helping you or, you know, is attracting your reality. So, and your soul and your divine child have a plan. They have an intention to be here in this moment in time of the evolution of mankind. And the plan of your soul is always 
to remind you that you are a divine child of source. It's always to lead you back home to source. It's always to teach you to lift up fear because fear has been designed to want to lift up. It has been designed to want to transform back into love. Your soul and your inner child always have the plan to heal your karma. I mean, your karma is all the negativity that has been stored in your subconscious. And to transform that negative karma back into love. So if you don't listen to your soul, if you don't listen to these internal nudges, or if you just, you're, you're just, you know, too enamored with your ego thoughts and ego thinking, then, yeah, you know, negative stuff keeps coming up in repeating patterns. If you don't listen and in, instead listen to your ego and try to control yourself or control the people around you or control the things happening in your life or control the way that you should, you know, reach a certain goal then it might happen that unwanted manifestations become bigger until you listen to your soul, until you listen to this inner child you have within you. You know, your subconscious, which is your inner child, has energetic power. This is mostly forgotten by a lot of people, even in the spiritual communities. Or, you know, the people studying law of attraction, for instance. They see unwanted things manifesting in their life. And then they think, I have to judge myself. Or maybe they're not even thinking it. But it's just a knee-jerk response to judge themselves. It's a knee-jerk response of their ego to judge themselves for not having sent out the positive in energy with which they attract a reality that they want because now they have something unwanted in their reality. But then judging yourself like that is bringing up negative emotions in and of itself of not being good enough, which in turn will attract even more unwa unwanted situations to your reality. That's just the way it works. So then they try to control their thoughts even more, which is impossible because 90% of your thoughts is subconscious. 90% of your thinking is subconscious. 90% of your creation happens from the subconscious. So... I've come in to the conclusion that I'm not in control. My ego is not in control. Although, of course, my little ego wants to be in control. But it's not. My soul is in control. Together with my inner child. Together with my subconscious. Better said, my life works best when I work together with my higher self and the divine child that lives in my heart. My life works best when I work together 
with the divine parts of me because they are the bigger, more, how do you say this, more dominant parts of me. This me that I think I am, this personality, this body with this personality in it, that's actually maybe just 10 or 20% of who I really am. The rest of me is my higher self together with my inner child. Those are the dominant parts of me. And, you know, it's just like with my dog. That's a thought coming to me right now. I've tried with my dog. And in the beginning, when I tried doing that to her, she kept running away. Yes, I can be a dictator to her. I can place myself above her and I can try to be in control of my dog. She just kept running away. <laughs> and yes, you know, she would find her way back home again. But it, you know, it was just not feeling good to me. So then I started to experiment with working together with her. Placing myself beside her and it works way better. Because now she's not running away anymore. It just works so much better. So, why is it good to give up control? Talking about giving up control. <laughs> My son is at the door. Let me just stop the recording for a while. Okay, here I'm back. Uh, so, why is it good to give up control? When you give up control, you give the control to, to the divine parts of you. You give up the control to your higher self, to your soul, to the divine child that lives in your heart. These are the dominant parts of you. Ask this divine part of you to reveal to you the best steps to take. Ask your soul or your higher self to reveal to you the best job that you can do, you know, that's in alignment with your soul's purpose, purpose for this lifetime, the best way to manifest so and so, and then just let it go. And yes, the answer does not come usually, you know, the second after, or you are really in alignment with your soul, and then this, the, the, the second you ask it, it, the answer does come, but you know, you, it, it, it might take an hour or, or a day or a week or so, but the answer is going to come when you feel good. Then you're going to receive the answers that you're looking for. So you can say that, but you can do that by saying, Thank you, thank you, thank you, soul, for guiding me, for helping me, for assisting me for helping me every step of the way to find my way to everything that I desire. The thing is, this divine part of you knows all your desires. Plus, it knows from wherever you stand right now, 20 or 30 or 40 paths that lead you to the manifestation of your desires. They have the overview your soul and your divine child. They know why you have chosen 
to be here right now in this transformational time of humanity. They know why you have chosen your family. They know what karma you came in to heal or to transform. It's like this divine part of you is like a brilliant chess player. It knows what's going to happen 20 steps from now. It knows what books you should read to come up with ideas to help you forward. It knows what people are best to meet and talk to to help you make steps forward in manifestation of your desires. It knows what ideas and solutions bring you closer to manifesting bliss, to manifesting heaven on earth. Because, you know, everything that we want to manifest or to create in our lives is because we think we feel better in the having of it. So your little ego is thinking it is in control, while the real steering wheel of your manifestations lie with the divine parts of you. And you aligning yourself with those divine parts makes it easy, makes those manifestations come with ease and fun and joy and happiness and adventurousness and inspiration and being interested. Because the thing is, yes, you have chosen your desires, consciously or subconsciously. And you do that by stepping into contrast or what they call unwanted situations by having negative emotions or thoughts our soul and our divine child receive that information and know that what you want is the opposite of what you are experiencing right now for instance when you meet a person that's not respectful to you and you feel the negative emotion of that happening you automatically desire the opposite meeting people that respect and honor you. And all those desires, day by day, every contrast you step into, every unwanted situation, every thought that doesn't feel good, is giving birth to your desires. And this divine part of you knows with every little nuance what your desires are. So, you know, another example of letting go of control and how good that can work. Uh, it was years ago. It must have been even before I had children. Uh, I was still together with my ex-husband and we were on vacation in Portugal. And I had a Lonely Planet book. And I was trying to control, you know, that I, I was scared I was going to miss out on stuff that we could do there. And so, you know, that we would not have the perfect vacation. So at a certain point, we were driving in the car and it was warm, you know, so I had my window open because, you know, back then we didn't have an air conditioning. So I had my, had my window open and I was reading in this book and he just took this book, threw it out of the window of the moving car, and we just kept on moving. And he said, I'm 
I'm tired of you trying to control all of this. Let's just go look for whatever looks good to us. And so we did, you know, we went into one little path. Uh, at a certain point, we parked the car, we moved on further on this path, and we found this beautiful, beautiful waterfall. And there was nobody there. Probably nobody knew about it, except maybe for some locals, but because it was not in the Lonely Planet book. <laughs> it was just not in there. So we could be there, just the two of us, finding joy, finding togetherness, swim naked under the waterfall. It was like the one of the best things that happened in that vacation, in that holiday. So, you know, our higher selves knew that we craved some time alone in this beautiful nature, swimming naked, just being together and having our physicality enjoy, you know. So our higher selves led us there. Or another instant, you know, a book that I read that made it really clear to me that, you know, maybe, I don't know if you've read it, but it's the Celestine Prophecy. This is a book about a guy that uh, at a certain point gets the inspiration to go and look for wisdom in Peru, or he's emailed, or, or a friend calls him or something to go along and to find these wisdom things or papers in Peru. And he learns how to how to follow his feelings and his intuitive thoughts. And those feelings and thoughts lead him to the wisdom that he's searching for. I mean, he could not have found it with his controlling ego at the steering wheel. And, you know, for me, so reading this book was actually a really eye-opener for how life works best. So, you know, giving up control, which is fear-based, means surrendering to the wisdom of your divine self. And I've said it a couple of times right now, but what will you gain? Well, you will be surprised about how easy solutions come to you. It's like, a, you know, in my experience, it's like a surprise party of things falling into place in the most miraculous ways, in the most fun ways, and with a perfection that's really indescribable. So, you know, it feels like the whole universe is working together. All these moving parts of people and ideas and situations work together to help me to find easy and fun solutions while all I do is feel good. It's literally like heaven on earth. And, you know, am I in bliss all the time? No. <laughs> you know, no. <laughs> That's not my experience yet. I mean, it's happening more and more and more of the time. But my reality is like a path on which I sometimes feel, find places within me where love has been missing. Energy or beliefs that are asking for transformation into love and safety. And when I found find these places or these beliefs or these emotions or 
you know, old karma, I practice saying to myself, ah, good, I found another place within me that needs some loving. And that feels just way better than judging myself for doing something wrong. So, you know, and yes, there's also parts of me, uh, parts of this path that I walk that are overflowing with love. And, and more and more I step onto those parts of my path. And, you know, it can be that I feel satisfied or inspired or really interested or in love with life itself. So the more I let go of control and the more I follow the calling of my soul, the more I heal my inner wounded child, the more I find those sweet spots where things just click into place with absolute perfection. So how do you know whether you're in control mode or not? Because that's quite an, uh, uh, you know, an important distinction to be making. Um, and the way that this control mode feels and looks like to me is like this. You know, my, in control mode, my mind shifts from topic to topic. My mind's, mind keeps shifting from past to future and reversed. Uh, I feel a little insecure or I have these fear-based thoughts going through my mind. My breath is shallow and I have very little present moment awareness. I'm being taken over by these restless thoughts of what happens if I say this to this person and how will he react or what happens if I you know, do this or that and will that be all right with the next thing that I want and will it help me on my way to go so and so and, you know, it's just very restless. And I'm trying to predict the outcomes of the different steps that I can take. Uh, I feel my heart rate increasing and it's hard to concentrate and I feel contracted. It just does not feel good. And what I experience in this surrender mode is that my mind is at ease. There's a thought here, maybe a thought there, but it's not this hyperactive thing in my mind. And I'm more in a feeling mode than in a thinking mode. I'm aware of the present moment and I'm aware of my intuitive thoughts. I'm in the receiving mode of receiving these intuitive thoughts of what to do, these little nudges I've been talking about. I feel relaxed, I feel secure, I feel trust. My breath is deep and relaxed and it's easy to concentrate, to be in the present moment, to be aware of this present moment and what I'm doing right now. I feel expanded. And I'm open in this receiving mode of receiving thoughts of my higher self, my divine inner child, and my team of guides. So, you know, that to me is the difference to, to know what I'm doing. And whenever I'm not in surrender mode, I try to get there by meditating, by going inside and visiting my inner child asking what needs to be transformed and then do that. 
and then I feel better. And sometimes I just, you know, I'm not getting out of the control mode, and then I just try to surrender to that. Okay, well, you know, I'm not. I, I'm in the control mode right now, and let's just give up control over that. Give up control over trying to fix that, or or not. I I don't have to do anything. Then I just, you know, go walk with my dog, or do something in my garden, or just, you know, w- listen to some music, or just try to distract myself from trying to control. So, you know, I hope I have convinced you that letting go of control and practicing the art of surrender is very helpful and it will open you up to experiencing bliss and happiness and experiencing all these sometimes seemingly tiny manifestations that you want with ease and joy. And these tiny manifestations lead to bigger and bigger and bigger manifestations. So, you know, I hope you got some inspiration and some new ideas and maybe you even want to read this book, you know, The Celestine Prophecy. So, thank you for listening. Uh, Please subscribe to this podcast, or maybe you even want to leave a rating or a review, uh, because this helps other people to find this material as well. And of course, you're helping me to, you know, uh, to broadcast this material to more people. So if you want to do that, thank you so much for doing it. Okay. Until next time, until the next episode of Heart Travels with Baukje, bye-bye.